You good, Tiff? Yeah. You sure? <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, Lord. As ready as I ever am. Oh, <laughs> no. You had an extra week. Two weeks. Ugh. Well, you had an extra week, like, for sure, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. We're going to have a great episode, you guys. Okay. Uh, roll like- music. Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. <laughs> Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> that was not our third time trying to get through the intro. I just rolled through the giggles that time. Yeah. One of us didn't get a huge case of the giggles right before that. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good now. I'm fine. Are you? <laughs> no, but I'm good. I mean, she could just be crying because, you know, life, state of the world, but yeah. this was a giggle cry, so it's okay. Yeah, it's great. So, I have no clue why. Before you start giggling again, shall we do some patron shout outs? Yes. yes. So I didn't send out the list because I forgot to. It's fine. We Rebecca can just take the credit for thinking. Everybody. We have four new patrons. Four. Uh, I am very excited by four, but I would also like to read names. So I'm going to like peek. Okay. Can first, you not just like screenshot it and send it to us? First one is. <laughs> first one is Anastasia. Anastasia. I love that name. Like the like the princess Anastasia. Anastasia. You don't know. I don't know, but Anastasia. I love that name. That is beautiful. I just didn't know how to pronounce it when reading it, so I didn't want to mess it up. Anastasia, you are a prince or princess or neither or neither or both in our hearts. So thank you. Next we have Brittany. Uh, thank you so much, my love, beloved Brittany. Beloved Brittany. Next we have Krista. Hi, friends. Hello. We see you. On the stuff all the time. It makes us happy. (laughs) On Facebook. (laughs) And not in a creepy stalker way. (laughs) And finally, we have Rachel and Margie from Texas. Texas. John. What the fuck is happening? I love them. I love them. Yeah. They were the, they guested a couple episodes ago for. On our show? No, it was for our May guest. Yeah. Yes. Yes yes. Yes, 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 yes. They're amazing. You should check uh, them out. Yeah, if you haven't by now, you're a slacker. Mm-hmm. So true. Or you're listening out of order and just haven't found them yet. In which case, ta-da, ta-da. You're welcome. A ta-da. Thank you guys so 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 much, especially with the chaos that it is everything right now. It really means a lot. It does. Truly, truly. So, Tiffany, what do you have for us this week? So I had a topic. Then the world got set on fire and then things started happening and I had another name on my list of potential topics that I figured I'd go ahead and skip to so we can uh, learn some history about a really cool person in history. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Listeners, if y'all could have seen Rebecca's face when Tiffany said I had a topic, she was like, mother <laughs> of Pearl, I'm going to murder her. I don't know why I expect nothing and I'm disappointed every time. It's fine. Look, <laughs> and yeah, keep coming back for more glutton for punishment. This uh-huh. one, I always end up with a topic by the time we turn the mics on. Yeah, 
It's fine. And then magic <laughs> happens when Rebecca's editing. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of magic. Okay, so do you either of you know who Robert Smalls is? Uh, the name sounds fun. very familiar. Yeah. Is he a doctor or scientist of some sort? Nope. Oh. And nope. Okay, never mind. Carry on. Did he, was he in um, Sandlot? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> yeah. No, he was not. He was an escaped slave who commandeered a Confederate warship and became a naval hero during the Civil War. He okay. sounds cool. He is so cool. He's awesome. He is on my list. Oh. So I've come across him at some point. Going to go ahead and take that one off. Good idea. All right, let's learn about it. <laughs> All right. So, Robert Smalls was born into slavery on April 5th, 1839 in Beaufort, South Carolina. No. Oh. Beaufort, South Carolina. I like Beaufort better. Okay. So, I listened to Southern Mysteries podcast and they had a thing about how it's Beaufort instead of Beaufort and everywhere else it's Beaufort, but I just thought like, we've got a Beaufort in Georgia. So, it didn't throw me, but hearing that threw me when I read this. So, anyway. So he was born on April 5th, 1839 in Beaufort, South Carolina to Lydia Polite. Miss Polite was a nanny for the McKee children and Robert grew up playing with them. His mother worked with the children. She was the nanny Mm -hmm. and they were kind of favorited by the McKee family. So like they were slaves, so it wasn't great, but they had like a better deal. I'm trying to think of, I know what you're trying to say. Like they were more like hired help. Like yeah. treated more like hired help than slaves. Yeah. So this actually caused a little bit of issue for his mom because he would grow up playing with the kids and whenever the kids could stay out and play, but he had to go in for curfew because he was a slave, he'd get pissed and like become a little obstinate and try and break the rules. And Fair. His mom was like, dude, this is not going to work out well. So <laughs> I need him to learn that like he's got to get his ish together. So she had a family that lived close by. So she would ask the McKee family to make her son work out in the fields and like see the whipping post and see what was going on out there and see that like he needed to keep it in line because these are things that could happen. And they'd go visit her family and see what was going on there. So like hmm. she tried to keep him in line but you know some people are a little um obstinate <laughs> especially about that. children right so at 12 years old his mother had him sent to charleston to work for the mckee family so they used to do this thing where like they would hire out some of their slaves and whatever money the slave made went straight back to the slave owner right So he was sent out to do a lot of different odd jobs here and there, but he worked a lot at the docks and he loved it. So much so that by the time he was either 17 or 19, he became a wheelman, which is basically a captain, but you can't be a captain as a slave. So he could do everything the captain could do just without the title. title. At 17, he married Hannah Jones, who was a 22-year-old hotel worker. And he had, I believe, one child already. And they had two children together. But one of them didn't make it very far. So um, he came up with a plan. He asked, or actually, he and Hannah were allowed to live together outside of their owner's land, which was rare. But they had kind of... um, that hired help kind of status. So was she a slave she with was. the family too? Oh, well, she was a slave for a different family, but they were, it's like you said before, they were like favored. So it was kind of like the hired help situation, but not. Right. So because they were favored, their masters allowed them to live together on their own. Okay. So this guy being the uh, 
little obstinate man he is, he's like, I don't want to be a slave. Can I buy my family's freedom? So uh, the owner said for $800, you can buy the freedom of your family. Of all, what, four? Well, his wife and two children. Okay. I think that he would still be owned by the McKee family. Right. But he would own his own. So. He would own his own his own, own his family. family. Sorry. I was like, are we going to finish? <laughs> Converter. <laughs> I forgot to look up how much it was. Not enough for three lives. I mean, granted, you shouldn't have to pay for them at all, but. Truth. It would cost roughly $23,000 to buy his wife and two children. Okay. So he was doing well at the docks. He was. But so the deal they had set up was all the money he made. For a day, he was allowed to keep a dollar of it. Holy. The rest of it went to the McKee family because he was their slave. So any money he made was theirs, but they were allowing him to keep a dollar a day. So he would have had to work for almost three years yeah. straight to get $800. Holy cannoli. But 1861, the Civil War begins. So McKee is working on a dock. So the boat he's working on is the planter. It is, I believe, three white men and a crew of eight black men working in this boat their main objective was to move supplies from port to port and different bases so on may 13th 1862 they got to charleston the guys working there or the three white men on the boat got off to either like go to a party or go negotiate some deal but it was common for them when they did this to go on shore stay the night and then come back in the morning and then set sail again right but the slaves stayed on the ship so Robert, knowing that this is how it usually works, talked to his wife, his two children, and some of the crew members got their family and said, you're going to meet us at this port. Oh. May 13th, 1862, while the officers are in port, Robert Smalls commandeers the ship, but he doesn't do it in a way that's like, oh, let's get out of here because he has to pass all these different ports, these checkpoints. And you're either supposed to give a signal saying like, okay, I'm going this way or like, I don't need to stop. I've got enough, whatever. Right. I'm going to keep going. So it was Smalls, the crew of eight men, five women, three children slipped out of the Charleston Harbor. Every checkpoint he hit, he gave a signal saying like, we're good. We don't have it or we don't have to stop. We've got everything we need or like we had to leave early to get these supplies somewhere. So he knew all the signals to give. So at the checkpoint, if you're looking, you just see the pilot standing up at the steering thing. The pilot? That's what the, that's what it's called. <laughs> okay. Everybody called it a pilot. I kept calling it a captain because that's what I thought it was. But everybody called it a pilot in my well, research. The captain doesn't necessarily always drive the ship. They chart it. Well, the captain in this one, or the, yeah, the main guy, the pilot, was a guy that always wore this certain straw hat. So Robert stole a hat, and the way he, like, would fold his arms was the same way the pilot would. So, like, when you look out there, and the it's nighttime, so you see Ten shadows. and two, Mr. Pilot. Keep your <laughs> hands on the wheel. So think about it. He is a light-skinned black man because... They believe, nobody knows who his father is, but they believe that it's Master McKee. So you look out there, it's dark. So you can't really see anything, but you right. see light skin, this hat, and the same stance and somebody giving all the signals they're supposed to. So you don't think anything of it. Yeah. And besides, it. I mean, even at that point in time, all you really need is a dude standing there with this straw hat. Right. Because right? they don't 
have the equipment. Well, they probably had telescopes. Well, and they probably wouldn't think because that was a different type of uh, job for mm-hmm. slaves to have. Like that's something like you said that they have to train and practice at. So it probably wasn't very often that yeah. if a ship got stolen, that it was handled correctly yeah you know like it would probably be pretty obvious if some random person decided to commandeer a ship at that point so for him to know everything they were Mm -hmm. probably just like okay carry on yeah and also like you wouldn't think anything of it because at the time there are these five ports that you can access in this area but you want to stay in those five ports because the union had surrounded outside of that so you were safe within these five ports. So it's not like you were expecting anybody just like take off and right. go dashing out because the Union soldiers are there waiting. Mm-hmm. They've got them blocked. So he gets through these five checkpoints and heads out into open waters. Well, as soon as he gets close to open waters, he veers and starts heading towards the Union boats. Hmm. And if somebody noticed at that time, like, oh, shit, this guy's going the wrong way. Nobody's going to chase no. after him. Because he's headed into Union territory and they're not ready for that. So as soon as they get into open waters, they've picked up the family. They're going towards the Union ships. They take down the Confederate flag. He had his wife bring a white sheet and they hoist that up. So the Unions don't fire on them. They don't try and attack. They see a surrender coming. So the the Union soldiers come onto the boat and they're expecting, you know, white guys. Right white confederate soldiers he's like uh, robert smalls is like look we have supplies we have all of their guns we have this we've got letters saying what their next plan of attack is we are going to give all of this to you we just need to be safe and yeah. be taken to where we can we be free. passage he has sent of course the union soldiers or yeah union soldiers like woohoo yeah we know what they're gonna do we have their plans we've got a lot I'm of sure that's exactly what they did woohoo oh god yeah <laughs> high five <gasps> Can you imagine the dance party? <laughs> no. On, on, on the Union ship? On the Union yeah. ship. Oh, man, I would have had one. And that's why you wouldn't have been a Union soldier. <laughs> or a soldier. I wouldn't have. No, I, I couldn't hack it. I mean, if I need to, I will, but I'm really grateful that I don't need to. So he is considered a Union naval hero right now. They're like, dude, you rock. Exact <laughs> phrase. Kudos. You mm-hmm. go, Glen Coco. So this is cool. So he's talking to all these different captains and eventually his conversations lead to Lincoln allowing black soldiers into the Union Army. So Robert's like, we can help. All we need is, you know, freedom. Like, help us. We will help you fight for our freedom. So because of Robert Smalls, Lincoln is like, yeah, sure, let's do this. And he gets $1,500 for doing this for giving them all of this information the boat everything so he gets his freedom and fifteen hundred dollars which is enough to buy his family's freedom and then some yeah right it's like twice right yeah so he becomes a spokesperson for the u.s or the u.s union navy and he's the captain of the planter which he also becomes the captain of i'm not going to be able to pronounce this right i apologize it's uss keokuk it's k-e-o-k-u-k And during the Civil War, he conducts 17 missions in and around Charleston. So, like, this guy kicks ass. How did he do all that around that area and not get caught? Well, I mean, he was with the Union soldiers. Like, he he was doing their tactic. Okay. Whatever their plans were. Fair enough. So, it's not like he was just going out and... 
Well, this is amazing, right? Yes, but I don't Phenomenal like the way life. you said that. No, I was just going to say, it gets better. Okay, good. Would you like to know how? Yes. Is it coming after a drink break? Yes, it is. All right. I was about to say, does he have a baby? <laughs> no more kids for him. Oh. Okay. Carry on. Rebecca. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot we had to ask her for one. <laughs> <laughs> She's in charge. Rebecca, would you make something up for us, please? Absolutely. In a world where everyone is stuck at home, many people have turned to indie RPG podcasts as a source of entertainment and reprieve. However, Big Pharma, Big Business, and Big Podcasts have decided enough is enough. I'm tired of these up-and-comers cutting into our downloads. You get what I'm saying? By the end of the day, I want these indie RPG podcasts gone. I want their families gone. I want their pets gone. Oh, jeez. I love my tabletop RPG podcast. I need my stories. Boys, kill him. Just as the world was about to be fed more Mark Marin, an unsung hero stepped forward. <laughs> Never fear, Corey is here. Mm. Get your face out of my business, kid, or I'm gonna feed you to the fishes. Capiche? I've got a better idea. Eat my butt. <laughs> ah, you got me with the booty bump. Ah. And with that booty bump heard around the world, Big Pharma, Big Business, and Big Podcast were defeated. All thanks to Super Corey, indie RPG podcast's biggest fan. My stories. <laughs> that was delicious. Very citrusy <laughs> to fight off scurvy. To fight off scurvy. Because <laughs> Tiffany apparently is a pirate now. I mean, you know, I do what I can. A butt pirate. Oh, God. <laughs> Please continue with your story, Tiffany, right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So after the war, he's got this $1,500. He goes back and buys his master's house because it had like with the war and everything, they had lost a lot of resources and money and they ended up having to sell their house. So he bought the house that he used to be a slave for, which I I thought that was kind of like like ultimate power move, right? Now, this guy is a sweetie. The family, the McKee family, had fallen on hard times and was like, what's the phrase? Down and out. Down and out. He lets them move in with him. Oh. And like, he takes care of them. Does he make them work for him? He should. Because that's what I would have done. Well, you're also a salty base. I would have been like, now you shine my shoes. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Let your kids play with my kids and they'll have a curfew. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> my kids are like 40 now. Don't care. <laughs> Curfew. <laughs> so all of this is like, he does all of this. In, he's in his early 20s by the time it's all said and done. Like, hell, damn. dude, I'm 31. Yeah, I'm 31. For a little while longer. I'm like, dude, I, I got dressed without having a mental breakdown this morning. <laughs> <laughs> And we're so proud of you. I have not learned how to captain a ship or stole a house from my enemy. Well, I guess not enemy. Yeah, we'll go with enemy yet. (laughs) I haven't either. There's still a chance. All right. So following the war, he did all of this, which is really cool. He didn't know how to read or write, but he started a school for black children to help them learn the skills he didn't have. He was like a shopkeeper at one point. He did all these really cool things. And then he threw his hat into the ring in politics. What? Right. He was a first generation black politician serving in the South Carolina State Assembly and Senate and for five non-consecutive terms in the U.S. House of Representatives. Yes, sir. You go, Glenn. Co. Co. Yeah. I was very impressed by this. So he served, I said non-consecutive. It was between 1874 and 1886. Now, if you think about this, did black people have the right to vote? No. Uh, Okay, cool. So, uh, not cool. But, um, <laughs> no, but it, it wasn't until later. And even then, they had their vote didn't count as one. Right. Like, yeah. A full. It was like it a was half a, to every white man. It was something vote. like three, three fifths to yeah. one, which is stupid. Absolutely. So that means he got voted into office by white people. Well, no. Apparently, there used to be a right to vote. But in 1895, um, there was a revised reconstruction thing that stripped blacks of their voting rights. So for a while, they were able to vote. Okay. But after he served, they stripped those voting rights and he had already served. So that was exciting. Right. And he served. I'm going to bring this up because I have some people I know that don't understand the concept. But um, he served as a Republican because Lincoln was a Republican. And at that time, if you were to look at Democrats and Republicans back then, it'd kind of be the reverse of what it is now. Okay. So a lot of people I know are like, the Republicans are going to save us because they're the ones that had Lincoln. I'm like, okay, but that's revisit that or pay attention anyway <laughs> also your um, political party should not define who you are as a person and what your moral standards are maybe we should have more than two hmm. right or none <laughs> i mean this is um, vote ashley vote person not party boom mic drop but not really because i have to finish this so <laughs> mine's down i'll shut up now he died in beaufort or beaufort on february 22nd 1915 in the same house which he had been born a slave and is buried, buried, buried. But hmm? how do you say that? Oh, hail. Oh, hail. <laughs> buried. He is buried behind a bust at the Tabernacle Baptist Church. There was one thing during the rise of Jim Crow. He had this unyielding gumption. What's the word? Unyielding belief. Uh, mm, words are not my strong Conviction? Suit. Thank you. He had this conviction that it's a right for African Americans to be able to vote. Mm-hmm. Like, what mind-blowing right qualification um, are you human congratulations you can vote are you a human over the age of 18 that's so, all i ask his uh there's this very famous quote everywhere i looked up for robert smalls came up with this and it's wonderful and this was you know before he died in 1915 so sometime between i would hope that he was quoted saying something before mm-hmm. he died he quoted it via a ouija board <laughs> <laughs> but what 
what gets me is he said this then and now it's 2020 and it's still relevant. My race needs no special defense for the past history of them in this country. It proves them to be equal of any people anywhere. All they need is an equal chance in the battle of life. Yes, sir. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. Over a hundred years later and you're like, dude, your words. I'm just going to like put them on a <laughs> on my little whiteboard and go to the protest yes. in downtown. And I'm sorry that it's still present. Mm-hmm. So that's Robert Smalls. He's wonderful. There was something about they got him out of Congress or House of Representatives at one point by saying he took a bribe and then he served some jail time and then it was reviewed later and it seemed as though they were just trying to find a reason right. to kick him out Um, and there was no legitimacy to that. So it was neither confirmed nor denied from anything I found. But if you can find something elsewhere, cool. Let us know. That'd be great. But yeah, uh, Robert Smalls was a boss ass dude. I was going to say babe, <laughs> but he's hey, not. A- I mean, whatever. You do. I you. mean, he wasn't a bad looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would, you know, I'm not mad at him. Right? <laughs> So that is Robert Smalls, and he's wonderful, and he's been on my list for a really long time. I'm just really bad about waiting until the day before to do my notes. and It's fine. Yeah. It worked out. Mm-hmm. That was fascinating. Thanks. Go Robert Smalls. Glenn Coco Award? Oh, dude, yeah. No, he gets like, Glenn Coco's more like, oh, yeah, you go. This guy's like, oh, yeah. He's like the Kool-Aid man, but cooler. <laughs> What? I don't know. My brain hurts. It's late. It's past my bedtime. It's like 9.45. Oh, yeah. I think Tiffany's had too many fantasies about what this man sounded like based on his appearance. Oh, my God. And so now she has the Kool-Aid man in her head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Glenn Coco with a Barry Manilow voice. Dude, Barry Manilow. Barry Okay, okay, we we can Google Barry Manilow later. Oh no, and no, on wrong one. Note. Sorry. No ba- no Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow. No. Barry Manilow. Oh my god. <laughs> Remember friends. Oh, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss like why we are friends, you can share them with us on any of our social Stockholm, media. Stockholm, we already covered it. Links can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com, or you can email them to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Hold on. I'm Googling. Marvin Gaye. That's the one. Oh, that's not Sorry. even close. Uh, what am I doing? If you <laughs> don't, forget don't forget to, to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash theladiesofstrange. Keep it strange, lovelies. Bye. Bye.